turned out to be a punk rocker. You know what I do? Warning. This podcast contains hot takes, cliched opinions and strong language. Welcome to Records and Bands. Welcome to Records and Bands, I'm Rob Jones. We're trying out a new format tonight where I invite cool people onto the show to talk about their music rather than Sam and I just banging on about our record collections. But if you're a fan of us banging on about our music, don't worry, there'll still be plenty of that. But I'm also hoping that this will open us up to some new music and some different voices on the show. So without anyone messing around, please allow me to introduce my first special guest. Some of you may know him as a singer, a songwriter and guitarist with Herefordshire's finest ragtag free called Truth Tellers, Alvin and the Angry Barrels. While long-term listeners to the show may remember him as a co-host of Records and Bands way back when. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Jones is back. Where have you been? Well, I'm hauled up in a shitty Premier Inn at the minute tonight, working for the man, paying for the uh, to do this shit. So, yeah, I've, I've have been actually quite busy with the aforementioned ragtag three-chord truth tellers. Yeah, I, I was going to say, let's pretend you're a proper guest on the show, shall we, Sam? So, um, so, Sam, tell us a little bit about your band and where people can find all your stuff. Right, so... Yes, I play in Alvin and the Angry Barrels. So we're like Rob mentioned, we're ska punk band. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Ska punk we're from Leinster, the HR6. We've got two EPs that we've done over the last sort of five or six years, which you can find on Spotify and Apple Music, or you can message me on our Facebook page. We are only on Facebook on socials. It's quite funny. I. I've just sent one, actually, to the other lads in the band. So there's four of us now. No one really knows how to sort of categorize us. So we got described as, like, Rocky Blues the other week, which makes me question if they've ever heard us. Yeah, Alternative rock we've been labeled as this time, which, I don't know, I don't think we're all that alternative. We're, we're, we're a punk band. Simple as that, really. Noisy fuckers, really. Noisy, loads of bad language, loads of sort of... We do sort of half hour sets but they're like 20 songs long which is which is a nightmare to try to write to be honest with you because you know someone says oh you're gonna do any tunes tonight or like someone says oh can you do 45 minutes or like well or or you know can you do an hour for us like no because that's 10 more songs (laughs) (laughs) so Um, yeah we will we will have a new ep out later this year it's been a long time coming so 2019 we sort of released our last one which if you are a, a fan, it's one of the dinosaur on the front. And we, so we missed a load of stuff through the pandemic and that. And then we went in for two days to a our studios and did, tried to do five songs in two days, which not even up, we can get away with that and our ragtagness. And then we just never rebooked it to go and finish. But we are finishing that at the end of next month. So that should be eight in some vagueness sort of physically, and on the streaming sort of May, end of May, I would say. Cool. And you got a few gigs lined up, have you? Yeah, we got a few bits. We are in Hereford at the end of April. So the Jam Factory on the 14th of April. Um, not even reading this. This is just in my brain, uh, which is a new venue in Hereford. So really excited to to get in there. And if you, this comes out before then, on the 30th, they see a play-in, which is a friend of the show, Ryan Jordan's band. So if you are into cool stuff 
and you hear this before then, go see them, and then come see us on the 14th. And then we're playing the Bar Bar Cafe on the 29th of April, which is a little, cool little cafe place in Hereford. And we're playing out the back of there. Not sure who with yet, but with, with another cool band. So you'll get shouted out for 45 minutes, but you'll know after five if you're going to like it. So I always say in the set, it's like we've got, you know, we get to about halfway and I'm like, if you haven't liked what you've cut, what you've heard so far, yeah, it's not going to get any better for you, really. <laughs> Probably even worse, if anything, because I'm going to get tired. I'm not going to play very well, and it's going to be shit until the last song where I think, fuck, better pull myself together. Is that where you play uh, Janie Jones or something, is it? Oh, yeah, do you know what? We, we, we haven't done Janie Jones for a while. We used to, used to annoy Nathan because we'd play it different every time. <laughs> Never rehearsed it, and it was always, or if we did, but yeah, that's exactly how to play it. And we get to the nine, it's like, I don't know how to play that. Brilliant. Right, so look out for that. I'll do some shouting on our socials for any gigs that he has coming up if you're in the HR area, if you're in the vicinity. Um, so the idea for this new format of the show is basically it's 10 questions. Some of them are a little bit multi-parted, if that's a word. And I'll ask the same questions to all the guests as they come on. Um, there may be some variation depending on who's coming to play, but mostly we'll be able to compare and contrast everyone's answers as we go on. So, Sam... Question one, what are your top three albums of all time ever or your top three bands or artists or both if you want? I, I've i got three artists. I, I It might be four, but I will. I'll, I'll get to three. I, I think that I've got quite an eclectic, eclectic might be the wrong word, but like there's, there's a cover all, but there's lots of like little pops almost. So I've tried to kind of, get to everything so i haven't got albums written down but then i can probably give you maybe my favorite album by each of the artists maybe if that if that if that helps so the first one that i've got down which is a big influence on um well to be fair they're all influences on the band and my my songwriting and stuff but the first one i put down here is jamie t so if you've heard the the pod before um or probably heard the band i'm a massive jamie t fan i think he's one of the I think he's a modern great, and I think he's one of the all-time greats. Nathan, who plays bass in, in the band with with us, he he didn't know Jamie T, and I played him the album, and he sort of stopped, and he was like, "Ah, right, yeah, yeah, your songs make a lot more sense now." So there's obviously that, like, I've probably nicked all his good stuff, or you know, which is fine. So I love Jamie T. Panic Prevention, his debut album in particular, it is one. The the next one is my my big rock and roller, my big superstar. And that's, that's the boss, Bruce Springsteen. Love Bruce Springsteen. Came to him a bit late, maybe sort of always thought he was the, the slightly shit born in the USA, born in the USA guy. If you know what I mean? It's all big sort of big fist pumping and big stadium rock. And it is that it gets to be yeah, fair. Yeah. It, it gives the impression of being a little bit USA, USA when it's not. Yeah. 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 And, and, and that's exactly it. You think it's this big patriotic, I love my country. America's great. It's really not, you know, like a lot of his work. And I, I, I like, if I was to say my favorite Springsteen, I was probably, probably over Darkness on the Edge of Town or Nebraska. They're my, my two that I really love of, of, of his work. I think he's amazing. I think he's in one of the great, like, you know, we're talking big league. Like, you know, he, he's, he's the boss. He's the boss for a reason. And then next I've put, I may want to change this. So, so I've put Green Day because they are they were sort of the first band that 
I heard that were different and sort of felt like mine or like, oh, this, this, this is what I like, you know, so sort of like would have heard a lot of stuff from our parents and from you and, and, and our rich and, but here in Green Day felt like, oh yeah, I could, this, this feels good. This it feels like something I want to follow more. Don't really listen to them anymore though, which is why I'm a little bit, but they've always got that, that sort of like hall of fame, if you will. You don't, I don't need to listen to them really, but I do love them and they, you know, there's, there's a simplicity to Green Day that I like. I say about Pearl Jam, like Pearl Jam are my favourite band that I never ever listened to because all the songs are permanently going around in my head. If I just think of, of of a song title, the song just plays in my head, note for note, bar for bar, like, so. The other other one I would mention, again, is probably a bit more overarching, is if I could have, like, the general works of Tim Armstrong, perhaps. I love Rancid. I love the Transplants. You know, I love his solo work. But yeah, I, I would say Jamie T, Springsteen, and Green Day are my my my, my Mount Rushmore, if you will. And well, it's four on Mount Rushmore, isn't there? So should we give should we give should we give Tim Armstrong an honourable mention? Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Right, brilliant. Thank you very much. Right, here we go then. What was the first record that you bought with your own money, or you specifically asked someone to buy for you? Yeah. Now, do you want the cool answer, or do you want the real answer? The real answer. <laughs> So, the first album I remember owning that I wanted was The Best of the Eagles, right? And I remember, actually, that's not entirely true, because mum and dad had it on like a sort of, I don't know what it's like, uh, you used to get them in the post, didn't you? I forget what the company was called. We, we spoke it was about Br- it before. Britannia Music Club, wasn't it? That's it. So, that's actually probably not strictly true. Correct, because mum and dad would have had that, and I heard it and loved it. But that's the first album I remember thinking, like, ooh, music. Music's cool, you know. Um, the first one I remember physically buying with my own money, and this, again, is the cool answer, but perhaps is also the true answer, is Let's Face It by the Boston's. Oh, good record. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've, I've also put down here that um, I remember mum buying me Insomniac as well. Right. The Green Day record, and I'm not, I can't quite remember what came first. I think that was the last Green Day record I bought. Yeah. I remember I got, got had those two around a similar time, and I definitely bought, aha, oh, guess where I got it from? Guess where I got, let's face it, from? Skeletons. Skeletons. Great days. God rest their soul. Yeah. And then I remember getting Insomniac as well from Woolworths in Hereford, and mum being like, mm, it's got a parental advisory sticker on it. Do you know what I mean? Because I wouldn't have been very old. Yeah. But she she bought me Use Your Illusion 2 for Christmas, like in like Christmas 91 it must have been. Or no, maybe it was my birthday in 92. I'm her favourite though, so she probably cares more about me. Yeah, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, the second part of that question is, what was the last record that you bought or streamed or downloaded as you do these days? So got downloaded this on sunday night because i wanted to listen to it on the train on monday and that was life's a riot with spy versus spy by billy brack well, did you know that one before or uh oh sorry did you want to think new, new no no you? no i was just wondering like the last um, thing you went to buy so but yeah i've been listening to quite a bit of billy bragg lately but just the greatest hits because i think he is really a, a greatest hits man but this is a good this is a good record but it's got the big the big ones on it so the last the last thing I probably heard and was like really excited about was Sex, Death, and the Infinite Void by Creeper. Oh, right. 
which is like I think 2020. It was released, but I, I hadn't heard it until like last year, and it's it's really cool. It's like like sort of like like theatrical goth rock almost, but like but it's really they're like that's not your like wheelhouse, general, is it? General not music. really, no. And they're a band that are, like Jace, who's been on the podcast, has mentioned to me before, and I've always been like, Ugh. but I, I put them on, and like it's 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 pretty punk, like you know, it's quite a punk record, like in, in the sort of like the late, well, I suppose the, the late nineties, early two thousands definition, you know, that sort of thing. But he's quite a theatrical singer, and it's quite, quite. Maybe it's an emo record, to be honest. Maybe that's what I'm flirting around. But that's a really cool record. If it came from Jace, it's likely to be an emo record, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. But the new Taylor Swift record, you know, that I, I don't, I don't dabble too much in new stuff, and that's not out of any. It's just a little bit like you, you said before. If you've got forty five minutes to put something on, I'm probably going to put something on that I know I'm going to like rather than sort of dabbling too much. Sorry, boring answer. That's all right. Take us way, way back then, Sam. Tell us about the first gig you went to. All right. I don't think I'm misremembering this, if there's anything before, but I think, I'm pretty sure my first gig, Wembley Stadium, 1994, five? Yeah, around there. The Eagles, Wembley Stadium, amazing. Old Wembley as well. Old proper Wembley, yeah, 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 yeah. Mum took me and Rich. Now you didn't come, did no, you? No, I didn't come. No, no, too cool for that. Yeah, in my flannel. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was one of those that, like, I probably wouldn't have appreciated. Well, maybe I did, but they were like, they were an old. They felt like an old band then. You know, like thirty years ago, or nearly. Christ, and it was amazing. It was really cool because I was like young and I was nerdy. I knew knew it all really well because I'd listened to it a lot and like. You, yeah, you know, they were my favourite bands, to be fair. Was that the Hell Freezes Over tour? I think it was, yes. So they'd said they don't, they'd get back together when Hell Freezes Over and then they that ran out of money or whatever. But Probably, yeah. Um, and I don't know what it would be like from a, like a classic Eagles fan, but they still, like, I wouldn't go see them now, if you know what I mean, because it would feel like, Christ, they're, this, they're, they've got to be over it by now. I don't know if in 1995, if they were still like a, do you know what I mean? If it was yeah, like... well, Don Henley, what was Boys of Summer? Boys of Summer would have been about 91, maybe? Yeah, something I, like I'm that. Not I'm not going to Google that. That's an absolute guess, but um, I'll, I'll correct myself if, if need be. Yeah, my Wi-Fi won't let me find it. Nah, um, all right. do you know, actually, do you know what? 1984. What? But, uh, Jesus. Yeah. Right. But that's... yeah, no, no, you mean. Yeah. But yeah, that was... Did you say 1984? I surprised you that was 1984. Yeah, yeah I didn't, that, didn't think it was that old. Like, when was what about New York Minute? Good tune. Yeah, exactly. But when was that? That uh, new uh, later. That was 89. Oh, okay, maybe that's the one I was thinking of. Um, what was the last gig you went to then, Sam? <laughs> uh, last gig I went to, you couldn't get any further from the Eagles at Wembley. I saw Lars Fredrickson of Rancid Fame doing a solo gig in the Fleece in Bristol, and it was said fucking sensational i bet it was that's the most that's a tiny place in it yeah 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 really little and it was just him to be honest we went and i kind of thought it was gonna be like a spoken word thing all right or, or like an or like an evening with rather than a spoken word bats where he's gonna tell you stories and he did a bit of that but then in between he just stood on stage and it was really it was really cool because like little venue but he just had like his marshall stack on stage 
and his ESP SG, whatever it is he plays. And he just played ranted songs, but just like his guitar parts. So it was like this really like harsh, loud guitar. Like Bragg used to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it was like that, but obviously like these really fast, aggressive punk <laughs> songs and him like screaming at you. And then he'd stop and he'd tell a few stories and he told stuff. It was, do you know what? To be honest, it was it was amazing, but it got really awkward at one point because this there was a bloke in the crowd who kept shouting stuff at him, and at one point he went to tell this story about how his mum had passed, and he stopped and he went, "I'm going to tell you now. I'm about to tell a story about my mum. If you open your mouth, I'm going to come down and then I'm going to kick the shit out of you. You cunt." <laughs> and it was like, and and you could see in his eyes he was deadly serious. Mm. He said it to a couple of people because like you get stuff like people have get excited have too much to drink and they're irritating he, so he would play a few songs and he'd go okay what do you want to hear and one person shouted a song he's like i can't play that that's that's tim's song sort of thing i like i'm not singing songs that tim sings and the bloke kept shouting for it and he, he said he was like you're being a cunt you need to be quiet or i'm gonna come down there and i'll shut you up sort of thing mm-hmm. it was really awkward right because, not awkward like uncomfortable mm. Because you know he's definitely got it in him. Did you say there was some Mayfi buggers at the Jamie T gig? Yes. Yeah, well, he stopped mid-gig because people were fighting in the crowd. Right, okay. And it's like, you know, expensive alcohol, probably cheap drugs, and it's just like yeah, people acting like idiots. Arseholes. <laughs> but generally a good night, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. He did. To be honest, he played War's End and I nearly cried. So. <laughs> right, this next question. The question is, have you ever been in a band... If you haven't been in a band, what kind of band would you like to be in? Or is there a specific band you would love to be a part of? Or if you're in a band, but you fancy a bit of a change or you fancy doing something else, is there something else you'd like to do musically than what you're already doing? So I'd read that question a few times and I thought, he's just going to ask about the Angry Barrels. I can just say that. So you know how I always say that if I could be in any band in the world, it would be a Lemonheads cover band. It's that, that, that sort of thing. Do you know what we've spoken about doing? And this isn't really my bag at all, generally, but I think it would be cool. I would like to be, I'd like to do a set of rancid songs. I'd like to be in a rancid tribute, if you will. But, you know, do it well, do it cool. And uh, that would be a lot of fun because, like, everyone in the band loves rancid anyway. So it's almost like we, we've spoken about it before, doing like a. Uh, Alvin the Angry Barrels present songs of rancid because that would be cool, you know, because yeah. we're, we're, you know, rancid songs and our songs, there's obviously far but, superior in a lot of ways, but they're not a million miles away from each other. Like, but yeah, that would be cool. Cool, I'll take that. I missed one eight, so that was that should that was number five. I missed number four, so number four is no five. So here we go then. Um, who would you say has been the biggest influence on your record collection? Yeah, interesting. This one, I thought about this, and I'm going to be really cheesy about this, and you're probably going to get all wet behind the eyes or whatever the phrase is but like i would say like between you rich and mum and dad to you know because i've often said that like mum and dad aren't musical people but there was always like music was always on and always around and like they'd always like under some protest like we could always put our tapes on it in the car and stuff like that and then like i probably don't hear Green Day as, as early as I do if it wasn't for you and Rich and that sort of thing. So I, I always think that being in a, a family where music is around and having brothers who aren't into like, or who are into similar stuff that I would then get into was all, is always quite a big influence. So like I've got friends who like 
Ben was was he had an older brother, but he liked dance and trance music. And then like I felt that like I got Ben into the sort of stuff because if you see what that like, and I always thought I've always seen myself at least as kind of I I always I was always into that sort of stuff early. You were the influencer. Or if you yeah, yeah I don't mean a better word like like people who when it took people sort of like I don't know maybe it took to like probably not quite this extreme but like people knew Green Day American Idiot I knew them at Warning or I knew them at Nimrod that sort of yeah. thing. And do you then... remember that holiday we had when we went to Ireland with Mum and Dad? Yeah. So I, I I'll tell you now I think that was the summer of '96. Right. Yeah. Um. Or it could have been the very end of the summer of '95, but. It'd have to have been the very end of the summer of 95, so that's why I think it was 96. But the tapes I took with me were the first three Green Day albums and Out Come the Wolves. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, I, I think that, that's what I think that's a, it was a, a good grinding. Um, I've got a couple of others I would mention. Um, my friend Steve Moriarty got me into a, like some of the older, uh, not all of it's great, but like he got me into like Pulp and suede and stuff which i was really into for a while and i know you're not a fan but the strokes as well and he he like it was all i always felt like i was i i knew what i liked at that point and then sort of steve showed me some other stuff that you know that that was it'd be around a time where i would be thinking like i don't like springsteen he just does born in the usa and then steve said well hang on a minute you had nebraska and then and to be fair Credit where it's due, I, I, I would say my good lady has got me to appreciate lo- like poppier stuff because that's what she's into. She's she's a radio one girl. She loves you know she likes a lot of pop music and stuff. And I think that you know I love someone I love Tom O'Dell. I love Tom O'Dell. I wouldn't have listened to that Tom O'Dell album if it wasn't for Kath, for example. You know, just sort of throwing like. And yeah, yeah, so that that would be it. You know, if you sort of want a bit of a timeline, I suppose. Records and Bands is produced by Rob Jones. Please support me on Patreon so you can stop spending all our money on podcast stuff and buy me a new toothbrush. Right, it's a one-day festival. Mm. Six slots. Who are you booking? Right, I've tried to do this in what I think is a good order. And I've considered my taste and what I like, obviously, because it's my festival. But I've also factored in that there's some bands I'd really like, to, or one band who I would really like to see, but I don't really want to watch all of their set. I don't want to really watch like five or six, five, three or four songs, really. So opening, and I'm thinking I've had a big night before, I've been on the Strongbow, I'm a bit bleary-eyed, I'm going to be late to see the first band. That's what I thought it my festival, probably what's going to happen. So I put the Go Team down, right? Now, the Go Team are this random band that me and Trez has discovered, and they've got, like, three good songs, and there are a lot of adverts, and they've got, like, three or four songs on this Lady Flashdance, I think the album's called, and it's, like, it's, like, nothing you've ever heard. It's, like, they've got, like, there's some, some rap in it, there's some, like, I don't know, it's honestly... Like, if you haven't heard it, look it up. It's really cool. And I put those as open in my festival because I quite like a random band who open a festival. And I'm not going to have, like, Green Day opening, am I? Because that's, like, that's a waste. So I've got the Go Team opening, which, uh, I don't know, uh, that might be a bit silly, but I'm sticking with it. Then I'm going to want someone I really, really like. I'm going to feel, I'm feeling good. 
my hangovers passing. I've probably got a few more cans on board. I'm in the mood. I want to get up. I want to have a little fuck around. So I got rancid playing second. Obviously, sun's going to be out. It's going to be great. Well, we're thinking this is about one o'clock, is it? Uh, yeah, yeah. But then I, I, I might have to have a bit of a, a bit of a break because then I've got something quite specific about my my next few bands. And then when rancid finish, I want the main man. I want I want Jamie T to come out. I want him to do his set. I possibly want Jamie T to come out and do Hoover Street with Rancid because he's done that with them before. So Jamie T comes out, Rancid finishes Jamie T start. Then Jamie T does his set. Then I want a bit of a gap or we need to start a bit later. And I want to see Creeper, who I mentioned earlier. But I don't want to see Creeper in the day. I want to see Creeper in the dark. So maybe they need to play a bit later or I have a break in the festival where I go home for a nap or whatever, run home. Because they're that sort of band. They're, they're gothic. They're like, it's all dark. I want to see Creeper as Night Falls. And this is some of these bands that I haven't seen and I was thinking it'd be cool. So then when Creeper finish, we're, you know, we're then going to be heading stateside and we're going to have, we're going to have the gaslight out of them because I've never seen them. I'd love to see them. This might not be what you're expecting at all, but I'd love to see the gaslight out of them. And then a little bit like with the Rancid and Jamie T thing, once the gaslight out of finish, there's only one person I want closing my festival. And this might be why they all need to start a bit early, perhaps. I don't know, because I want him to come out and I want him to do three hours. And that is Mr. Bruce Springsteen. Like, I couldn't think of anybody better to fit to close a festival. I know, and you missed him at the Isle of Wight Festival. That is, that's love for you, though, man. And he did play <laughs> nearly three hours as well. Yeah. But the only thing is, like, it's, it's a six-band festival with a boss kind of works, because... And yeah, and Springsteen ended it. Like I saw him, I've seen him twice now, but I saw him at Hyde Park and he played and he played and it was amazing. And like the sun was, it was like a hot, well, was it a hot day? I mean, we were well, isn't it? It was muddy, but I might be adding the sun. But it, it was one of the, it felt, it was amazing. He came out and he, he played Thunder Road and like the, it was just, just like, couldn't think of anyone better to, to close the festival. Brilliant. And you took your good lady to that one, did you? Sorry. Well, she she took me. Oh, okay. Fair. But yeah, it was it was lovely. It was great. It was he's incredible. He'd be my man. Always, always be my uh, my headliner. Righto. Brilliant. Um. <laughs> so we know my answer to this, but I've mentioned it plenty of times. Um. So, but which band or artist makes you dance around the kitchen like a dickhead? Like a dick. I think the like a dickhead is very important on that yeah. question, isn't it? I've put the Tim Armstrong Life Poet album. Oh yeah, what's the um, big one on that? Um, so you got you got into action. Yeah, that's that, brilliant. And it, that makes me want to dance and be stupid. And it's in. I was talking to Nathan about it. Like that is as soon as the sun breaks through in the summer, and you're like, oh, it's warm today. Bang! That record goes on. It's like a proper rock steady album, isn't it? it yeah, yeah, yeah. And me and Nathan were joking that like you. You only really want to listen to that record in the summer. So you take advantage. You know, as soon as it's warm and it feels good, you, you get it on because you don't know when the summer's going to disappear. But yeah, live poet, Tim Armstrong, makes me want to dance around like a, a twat, was it? The poet's life, isn't it? Yes, yeah. that's it. Yeah. I have also put an honorable mention that um, I like to listen to um, Backstreets by Bruce Springsteen off of. Uh, off of um, Thunder Road, oh, sorry, off of Born to Run, because I like the I like to 
pretend I'm playing the piano on the big build bit. <laughs> and I'll just sit in the stand in the kitchen, like, you know, and give it that. Air pianos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, for the record, is, yeah, I don't know if, I don't think it's one of our questions, but the key change in Backstreets on that album is probably my favourite piece of songwriting, possibly, of all time. Brilliant. Nice. Love it. It's great. Is there a band or an artist that the whole world think are amazing, but you just don't get? Yeah. Okay. So three words, or two words and one more word. Led Zeppelin, dreadful. <laughs> don't get it. Don't get it at all. Don't think it's good. Like, there's, there's nothing about it. Like, like, oh, yeah, the riffs are cool. Yeah, but now he's sucking. He's still playing it. Give it a rest. Don't like it. Don't like his singing. Think of the guitar playing's over the top. The drums are quite cool, but nah, not for me. Led Zeppelin. There's a lot of that kind of, don't tell Leon, but there's a lot of that classic rock. I think it's just trash. And Led Zeppelin are right on top of that pile for me. Can't have it. Can't have them around me. <laughs> I was expecting, um, I wasn't expecting Led Zeppelin. I know, I don't, I know you don't like them because there's a few others that I think you probably, they, I think oh, we fucking hate the Smiths as well. Yeah. And you too. And, yeah, you're right. You, I, but no, that's I, fine. I, no, it's fine. A weird thing with you two is that I feel I deserve not to like you two because I really tried, and I, I was sure I was going to find something I liked with you two, and I didn't. So the alternative question for this one was: Is there a band that you, or an artist that you're into that no one else you know likes? So not necessarily that nobody. I say do know people who do like them, but. Uh, Sleep and Mods are a band that people just don't get. Who I really like. I know you, you you quite enjoyed that album, or we listened to it way back when. But people fucking hate that band for no particular reason. Well, why not? There might be a reason. Guilt is the reason they don't like him. It makes him look look at some hard truths. Yeah, yeah. I I, I really like them, but people fucking hate that band. Um, the the other couple I've got, I've got a couple of honourable mentions. He's really popular, but. I really like Youngblood. I think Youngblood's really cool. And a lot of people I know don't like him because he's kind of a bit emo-like. But I think he's cool and I think he's got a good message. I think if if my... This might not be the point, but I, I'd be secretly quite proud if my kids were, were into him because I think he's got a good outlook on life. And he's like... I think he's really cool. And I think he's got some good tunes. Um and and again, we've got a, a super fan joining us at some point once I arrange it again. But like the 1975, I love how much they rub people up the wrong way. I because I, I I really like them, but I know I think it might be a struggle for you at times that band. Some of the stuff I told you I liked, you do I don't know because we haven't actually spoken about this except on text have we yet. But some of the no. stuff I really really liked, and I don't think it was the stuff you were expecting me to like. Well, they've got, that's it. Like, they've got stuff that you would, I would say, like the hits, like the, what is clearly single. Like, yeah, I know you can keep them, see? Yeah, yeah. But like people, and I, and it's something that I'll get into when we um, do speak to them again, and that is me not all being organized. People fucking hate that band. And I mean, hate that band. Is it because of who his parents is? Well, I don't know. I think it's because he's like, I think it's him, personally. Like, I think it's that. He's very like. It's almost like the archetypal front man is is almost gone full circle, mm. and people haven't quite caught up. 
because you think about a lot like the great I'm I'm doing hand gestures and I realize I'm not on video but like you think about like you, you say to a lot of people like, who who's a great front man someone who comes to mind quite a bit someone like Freddie Mercury mm. you know who's like flamboyant and he is like do you know what I mean? He's open and with his sexuality as well, eventually. And, you know, he's he's this and he's that. And then that kind of, I feel, kind of probably lost its way. And you get to, like, well, not lost its way, faded away or, or however. When, you know, And then you get to, like, the wannabe hard men, almost, like the Gallagher brothers. And that's who your rock and roll front man should look like. And I feel that's almost gone around again. And you've got Matty Healy from the 1975 who's, like quite openly like you know quite it's quite ambiguous of his sexuality and he's very open and he's very well, like rang to iggy pop in david bowie and that in the like in the early 70s late 60s early 70s isn't it it's just come back round again um, and I, yeah did you see all the uproar around sam smith's outfit at yes, the bridge i did yeah yeah isn't he a pop star Aren't they, yeah. aren't they supposed to be flamboyant and out there yeah. and making statements? And yeah, so it, that to be like just to back up what I just said about Coldplay, that's got more that eight, turning up in that outfit has more edge than Coldplay have ever had. That outfit's also got more edge than any of his music. Well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but at least he's yeah, 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 committing no, I, I to agree. something. Whereas, like, yeah, again, I think I said on Twitter, like Coldplay have got about as much edge as one of Gwyneth's vagina candles. Brilliant, brilliant. And if I'm being honest, and you feel free to include this or not, I would say there's probably a little bit of uh, people see him as this like poster person of like snowflake wokerism. Yeah, well, yeah. is it the um, tofu eating sandal wearing wokerati or something? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, I'm one of them. Well, from you know, I'm not eating tofu. But... <laughs> <laughs> right here we go. Then come. We're winding up now, Sam. So you can time travel to any musical era or scene. Where are you going? Right. I'm going to do something that I fucking can't stand here. Right. And I'm going to be one of those. You were there, man. You, you needed to be there. And, and this is for two reasons. Right. I would like to go back and see a lot of the early punk bands when they were fucking terrible. So like my example here is like, I would love to have seen Ian Jory in some horrible pub in London, you know, Kilburn Ice Street, and it's shit, and it's dread, and they've not got it together. He's finding his feet. The band aren't that good. Because there would have been a time, you know, all these great bands like that were shit at some point. <laughs> no two ways about it. And I think that would be great to see a really ramshackle Blockheads gig, you know, where it's like, what on earth? And to be honest, again, I thought I'm not, well, I am comparing myself to these people, but not in, in the way that some may think. But, like, I've been in a band and, like, we've perhaps not been on our, at our best, but played in places where people are like, what the fuck is this? What is going on? You know, I played in the White Lion and people have been like, what's going on? <laughs> sort of thing. And I'd quite it's like to see It's not an Oasis some... cover. What, what do yeah, we do? Yeah, I'd quite like to see some of my heroes kind of going through that a little bit. And also, I would like to be to to have been there, man. So when some fucking seventy five year old punk comes up to me, goes, "Oh, better in my," I'd say, "No, it fucking wasn't, mate. They were shit as well." Do you know what I mean? Like, but I think it would have been really cool, and I would have loved to have seen the Ramones, like in like the early seventies, like seventy five yeah. at CBGBs or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, there's a lot of that the early punk stuff that 
some of it would have been amazing and you know and like i i would love to have seen the clash at some point you know but it's you know i'd like to have seen the clash when they were better well that's that's a good point to be fair i'd rather see london calling clash than the first album probably yeah yeah but do you see what i mean it's that like it would have been cool to see some of those bands when they were just sort of finding their feet and like just kind of you know a friend of mine um was in a was in a club pub gig wherever it was and um band started playing and they were like the second band on he went to see the first band the second one headlining and he's like oh this is a bit shit should we just go and they left and um it was the killers jesus <laughs> no whether or they're your, your your bag or not but yeah he was like they were there playing and he was just like i've seen who i've come to see i can't really be asked i'm gonna go to, you know go and yeah yeah and it's not for that reason, so it's, oh, I, I saw them when. But yeah, that, I think that would be cool, that sort of... Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I got. Brilliant. Nice one. The 1977 punk scene, but especially specifically the Blockheads, I'm, I'm going to write I down. would have loved to have seen the Blockheads yeah. back then. Yeah, yeah. I saw, I did see the Blockheads, but obviously without Ian Jury, uh, about... They're good, aren't they? About five years ago, I think, 2018. Where was that? At Rhythm Tree Festival on the Isle of Wight. Uh, yeah, 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 they were yeah, really yeah, good. No. They bang out all the hits it's a yeah it's a posh karaoke band really but <laughs> yeah you know but yeah really good really mm. really good but then queen queen are a posh karaoke band now aren't they well yeah i suppose they are so, yeah yeah right you made it to the end sam nice you've got have a done you've done really well you've got maybe 50 percent of the right answers okay <laughs> have i sweared sworn too much you've sworn just about enough <laughs> um, and your your prize is you get to add what one song to our playlist, which is going to go into space for the aliens or in a time capsule to be buried for our future selves. So, what are you? What one song are you going to put on our playlist? Easiest question of the lot. This was, and it's it's gun to my head. It's my favorite song, and that is Thunder. Road. I knew you were going to go over that. It, it has to be. Like I love the boss. I, I love him. So, I love him so very much. Um, and that is, again, it is a little bit of memory, you know, like the whole thing about the boss kind of, it was like, going to get, I, know, I, I could tell I'm away from home because I'm feeling very, I'm a bit emotional and I'm feeling a bit soppy. I'm missing the kids. I'm missing Catherine. But the boss was kind of like, that. it was a moment there. It's like, I, I'm going to sacrifice seeing like my favorite art so I can go be with my wife. So, well, my girlfriend, you know. And then she takes me to see it, and it's all that. And then he, when we finally see him, he comes out and he sits at his piano and he plays Thunder Road, and it's lovely. And it's 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 a it's such a good song because it's like it starts off that and it paces well and it ebbs and it flows and it's got my favorite all time lyric on it. Sure, little faith, there's magic in the night, you know. Uh, yeah, Thunder Road every time, every time. It's usually me that cries on this podcast. <laughs> brilliant so there we go i hope you enjoyed that let us know your thoughts on the new format drop us a line on the socials or support the show on patreon all the links are in the show notes and at lonewolvescollective.com which is the new website i'm working on with jamie from talking dad thanks for listening cheers to sam for dropping by sam remind us remind us where we can find your band stuff please so out of the angry barrels two eps on apple music and spotify um, if you find us on Facebook, we're obviously the only band called Alvin and the Angry Barrels because 
who else is going to have that name. And you can drop us a message and I can put your CDX. Brilliant. Nice one. Thank you very much. I've been Rob Jones. He's been Sam. And this was Records and Bands. Tell me how good it's fucking